Welcome to Executive Talk. I am with Dr. Ken Roshan, aka Dr. Smiley. Doc, welcome. Welcome to Executive Talk. How are you? Thank you, Aaron. How are you? Wonderful. I, I'm doing amazing. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I am too. And golly gee, it's, <laughs> it's very early in the morning. So <laughs> I've been up for a couple hours, but it, it feels like it's still early since it's dark outside here in DC. I, I, I totally appreciate that. You know, I, I try to get up early also. Um, and then the other day I was like, you know what, I'm going to get up even earlier than I normally do. And I woke up at around 5.30 and I was like, gonna, I was so pumped and excited. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a great start. And then come eight o'clock and I still did the same exact things that I would have done if I would have gotten it up at 6.30 or 7 than I did waking up at 5.30. And I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this? I might as well just... <laughs> what was the intention? Uh, why, why'd you do it, though? Because the intention was to start early, get a move on the day, and, you know, and, like, make the most of it and, like, get into a routine of, uh, you know, I'm all about, you know, of... Um, I'm all about starting your day with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, um, you know, and so I was like, okay, so I'll wake up, I'll start, I'll get going, I'll do it, right? Because for me, I am not a morning person. I would rather stay up super late than have to wake up super um, early. But I realized that, um, that it, you know, if I want to continue in a life cycle, I have kids, right? I have four kids and- Congratulations. You know, Thank you. Uh, you know, they're older now, but uh, sure. Um, and, um, you know, and if you want to get stuff done, you need quiet time, right? So for, for me, that quiet time is either super early in the morning or super late at night, um, you know, and so you kind of have to pick that balance. And I, and I, and I figured that it was time to shift my, my working to I'd rather wake up earlier and go to sleep earlier than go to sleep later for no apparent reason. So, you know, start working. This is actually a, an interesting topic for me. Yeah. The, the reason I say that is because during this pandemic, we've kind of lost a sense of what day and what time it is because you can actually create when you wish. But right. I find that um, late hours do not yield, I guess, focus is, is the best way to put it. And right. so I, I, I do practice getting up typically between 2 and 4 a.m. Today was 4 a.m. And, oh, my gosh. And... So you have me beat totally. Oh, forget it. I'm so embarrassed. Well, now I go to bed early uh, to do that. But <laughs> but basically what I say to myself is if I'm not creating and I'm not producing, yeah. that, wh why am I up still? Right. So I, I go to bed with a, basically a question of how am I going to be powerful the next day or whatever the, the thing I want to accomplish is. And when I awake, it typically is in the realm of let's take care of it. See, I love that. Also, because for me, when I when I when my brain doesn't work anymore, before I can actually get to bed, I I need to like just detox. I need to like watch a stupid show. I need to yes. read something. You know, I have to like separate myself from my my schedule in order to let me kind of just, you know, get to sleep. Um, and so. You know, like I, I can't just go. Okay, I'm not producing anymore. I'm out of here. You know. Okay, like, so what's the last, <laughs> what's the last show you watched that was stupid? Uh, Ozark. Is that, Ozark. Is that so stupid? I don't know if that's no? stupid. I actually heard it's pretty intelligent. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's a lot of people it's, recommend so, it. So it's 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 actually a great show. It's definitely not stupid. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not stupid. Um, but it's like it's like okay, I'm tired. I'm not thinking anymore. I'm gonna watch a show, and then it's like an hour and a half later, and I'm like. 
well, okay, that, I'm not better for that. So now I guess I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> you know? well, can I give you, can I give you the stupid show that I watched uh, just recently? Yeah, I love I, I, actually, I don't know the name of it. That's the crazy part. That's how stupid it was. But um, yeah. maybe you can help me with this. Maybe I'll Google it while I'm I'm doing this. It's uh, sure. the new National Lampoon. Well, I don't know how new it is, but National Lampoon, Lampoon's uh, new movie. Okay. It's about uh, Doug Kenny, the gentleman okay. who created National Lampoon. And yeah. let me see. It's Feudal and Stupid Gestures. That's the name of the the. Uh, and by the way, this is the dude. I mean, this is a show by itself. By the way. If, if this guy was alive, if this guy was alive, he was the guy who brought together John Belushi, Chevy Chase, yeah. Bill Murray. Oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, all those people that started SNL, they were yeah. basically stripped from National Lampoon because he didn't know how to take the next step in his life. Oh my he god! Was, that's hysterical. He was a genius out of Harvard and created National Lampoon, and then he created Animal House, and then he created yeah. Caddyshack. I mean, everything was like number one, number one, number one. But he couldn't get past. The fact that he was in a time warp of, I guess, Coke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that small issue over there. That small uh, issue, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the movie shows that national uh, that Caddyshack was basically funded by cocaine. I mean, it's a it's a very funny. Wow. Uh, it's a, it's very funny oh, that my. that movie even made it to the screen. Uh, that's so funny. So that that's the movie I'd recommend if you want to wind down. That's a, right. a, a bit mindless and and cool. certainly thought provoking for sure. So, so I the truth about me though is I can't go too stupid. Like if I go too <laughs> stupid, my, my head starts to hurt, and then I'm like, I can't do this. This isn't working for me. Uh, you know, it's got to be that good balance of I don't care, but yet it's kind of making me laugh. I don't have to think too hard, but it's good. You know, like one of those balances. It's a it's really hard to find. I got to tell you, it's really hard to find that, a good that show. That sounds like, like that. it is. So Animal House would not qualify. No, that you know, the show before this that I was watching was um, it, I know it's a little bit older already, but I'm still catching up. It was um, House of Lies, uh, mm. which was it's actually I actually really uh, um, enjoyed it. It was a good show. It's uh, I don't know if you know what it what it is. I but, I've only um, seen it's on Netflix, right? It's Netflix, and it's basically it's a show that takes place. It's like in the world of business management uh, uh, consultant, and like that. What I liked about it was the high energy that, like you know, that goes on in this world of business consultant and management, and like you get some like good taste and flavor of what might or might not be in the real world out there. You know, it was fun. Uh, it's a series, though, right? It was a series, five seasons. Yes, yeah, I get so scared of that because of the pandemic marathon. Like yeah. you watch something, you like it, and you're gone for like two days. <laughs> like, you can't stop until you finish it. Um, <laughs> right. I've had those. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did. I just recently did The Jerk, Steve Martin, which oh, I I've, love that movie. Yeah. I've seen it a lot of times, but I haven't seen it for like, I don't know, 10 or 20 years. And that is yeah. actually quite an awakening to see how advanced that humor was, but also how inappropriate it is for now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of those shows, you'd be surprised. A lot of those movies, you'd be surprised. You you watch them now, and you're like, really? That that was allowed? Oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> and, it, and it wouldn't be. That's just period. I know it wouldn't. Be. <laughs> I um I I binged watched the first four seasons of um the Game of Thrones. You know, mm. when it like you know, in order to catch up, and so for me, like like I know what binge watching, uh huh, I know what <laughs> binge watching is all about, and that was like, and that was intense. You know, I went for like a week without sleeping. I just went from like show to show to show, and everyone's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Dragons, dragons." <laughs> you know? It's it's a resume. It's a resume piece. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so Dr. Ken, tell me, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? How did you get here? What's, what's your story? Well, I, I guess I owe it to Al Gore with the internet because how could I be here without him? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom and my mom. Andrew. There we go. Um, there we go. Cheers. So I was born Cheers. in Rhode Island, a little, little city, Warwick, Rhode Island. And two months later I was in Paris, France, because my dad was in the military. And so I was an Ari brat, um, suffered the, the world tour of goodbyes and hellos, uh, 13 times before I was 12 years old, ended up in Illinois in a small little farm town, um, detasseling corn. That is the act of removing the possibility of fertilization or right. cross fertilization of corn. And that would be an epic issue because we couldn't eat right. corn and we couldn't have Thanksgiving. I mean, it would be a horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, then, and then my uh, final uh, drive was to Fort Meade, Maryland, where my dad okay. uh, had his final assignment, and I opened up my first business. So that would cool. that would at least state how I got here in Maryland. Cool. What what was that first business? Uh, the first business were at, actually I launched two at the same time. So one was a DJ company, and the other one was a okay. graphic and design company for doing logos. Wow, mm -hmm. that's so fun. Yeah. Which one? Did, which one did you enjoy doing <clears throat> more? You know, that is actually, you know, that's a left brain, right brain a conversation. So I, yeah. I enjoyed the arts and I also enjoyed the, I guess, the methodical business analytical side of developing logos or brands and having them yeah. measurably make a statement. So the cool. DJ company went 35 years and uh, I still DJ every once in a while. And that's uh, so fun. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? And then the, the logo business turned into a publishing company, which was a very, 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 very slow you know, hybrid period. And I, right. I, I, in the last couple of years, I've published over 150 books. So that is, oh my gosh. that's more than I've done my entire life. So just to be clear, it's, I think that's it's, more books than I've read in my life. <laughs> I think, you know, well, if you hit the link on my, uh, <laughs> what I'll make available to you, you'll find that they're all available. So you can double down if you want. Great. All right. Awesome. Done. <laughs> Mine are pictorial though. A lot of my books are pictorial. <laughs> oh, I love picture books. That, that's amazing. Okay. Perfect. Well, my, my newest book that's coming out this holiday is a book to my son that yeah. is called Diagrams, An Explanation of Life. And so it's anything that happens in life and how could I make it into a diagram with no words? So um, I love that. It, yeah, it's, it's, so a, cool. it's a wacky one because I, I looked at it like, how do you explain to a kid how to be successful as an adult? Well, you don't do it with yeah. words because they'll be bored out of their mind. But if you can do it with a diagram, they may say, what does this mean? Or I get it. And so I'll give you one example just to, I guess, sure. share, share the breakthrough that I would have had as the millionaire I could be. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. All right. So we can say that this is a circle. Obviously this is a circle. Okay. If the sun right here, and this is the first time I've done this, so this is going to be a nice little experiment. If the sun is the income, and the outside is the expense, you're living in scarcity. <clears throat> However, if the sun is the expense and the outside is the income, you're living in abundance. So that's the diagram. That's one diagram in the book. Cool. Interesting. That's so interesting. And, and, a, kid, I, and a kid could get that. I don't know if I got it until I was like 40, believe it or not. Right. Wow. Oh, look, I, I got to tell you something. Business is one of those things that, you know, in it might make sense on paper, but until you actually experience it and you're part of it and you live it, um, there's a lot to learn and there's always more to it. Um, yes. you know, and so I'm, I, and I'm not, I'm not surprised. And I honestly love that 
that learning process. That's actually one of the reasons why uh, we even started this podcast in the first place is that to give me an excuse to learn from people who are much smarter than myself, you know, about, you know, about business, entrepreneurship, leadership, marketing, you know, all, you know, all, uh, all good things. You brought up one of my favorite quotes, which is if, if you're the smartest person in the room you're in, you're in the wrong room. You know, that's so funny. I mean, that's, that's, that's true, by the way. <laughs> that's true. We look, we, um, so in my synagogue, the rabbi used to get up on the, um, you know, in front of the entire, uh, uh, congregation. And he used to say, now look, one, you know, each of you are probably thinking, man, I must be the stupidest person in this room. He goes, well, I have good news for you. One of you is correct, but <laughs> don't let that stop you from, you know, and then he would go on to whatever, whatever he was going on to. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. But that's true. But that's, I, I definitely agree with that. If you know, um, I love that quote. Yeah. You, you have, you've, man, you're hitting on these beautiful points that just are, I don't know. They're, they're those, there's those things that people say that jar you or they, they cause you to say that can't be true. For instance, when you say someone says that, that thing of I'm the stupid person in the room or I'm the yeah. stupidest person, I go, yeah. you're not, I know, I, I know you're not. And they're like, how do you know that? And I go, because there's like 7 billion people in the world and there's just no way you claim that prize. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm having, I'm having the best day and I'm like the best day ever today. This is the best day. I mean, I just happened to run into you on the best day and I'm like, or they say it couldn't be better. And I say it could right. not be better because if, if someone gave you like even like only $10,000, I mean, that couldn't make it better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what I learned from that is that there's no matter where, where you are on that spectrum, there's always ways to find, you know, improvement and flexibility in your day to add or also to detract, you know, and how you fluctuate and how you allow yourself to fluctuate matters because if you're so closed off that you don't let yourself you know appreciate the good things or sympathize for the bad things honestly that's that's a little bit sad you know yeah and, and actually i don't mean to be judgmental or cr critical though that's the human nature oh i right? do by the way totally i am so that's yeah well I, I well i think we are as humans but uh the, <laughs> the the point i'm making is that when someone says i'm having the best day ever or this is the best day ever they're in euphoria or in denial and, and which is the which is the truth i mean denial is they couldn't ask for a better day or they couldn't right. create a better day and then the other one is that they actually believe it that's awesome so i was gonna say i was gonna say <laughs> I, I, right i might fight you I, i'm gonna you know fight with you on this because uh, <laughs> because i sincerely believe that there are some people who just that's their mentality all the time yes and their mentality is you know what life might suck and that's okay, but I'm going to appreciate the best of it. And, mm -hmm. and I'm just going and like, and that's it. That's an attitude. And I, I love that attitude. I it's really a gratitude really approach. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's not to downplay things that are not great, but not if you, but if, you know, but if your mentality, and this is something that I, I work hard for myself with is that if your mentality is always the half glass, um, um empty, Mm -hmm. mentality you're gonna you're gonna lead a very sad life yep. right and that you you have to be able to you know appreciate the good people always ask me they're like you know what kind of drugs do you take you're always so happy and i was like i gotta tell you i just take caffeine you know just my, my cup of coffee that's that's all i've ever taken i have not done drugs in my life um 
But my my um, attitude is that if you're not happy for yourself, no one else is going to be happy for you. So just appreciate the good things that you have, you know, and just and go with it. Yeah, I I, I kind of spin it a little more as we're on a journey. Why not make it a happy one? Great. Every, every day is a choice. So why not make it a happy journey? Because you are going to end up with the journey being over. And why not yep. have it a good one? <laughs> I, I, I totally appreciate that. And look, we have a we have a philosophy that that I hold by and that anyone who works with me knows is that um, if you're going to speak, speak with passion. Right. Mm. If yes. you're going to sing, sing um, 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 out loud, meaning that no one is making you get up to the microphone to speak. But if you are already going to be there, at least make the most of it. You know what I mean? And and I think that that's a very important component that, you know, for, I know for me personally, I don't talk about anyone else. I don't care, you know, like it's not my business, but I know for me that like, that's a very important component of life. And, and I try to live my life full of that passion um, because, you know, I, I, I think it, it only adds Totally. And uh, there are too many people that don't actually take advantage of the fact that they're being recorded or they're going to be seen. And it is their opportunity to matter. Right. Simply put. I hear that. Let's talk about storytelling. Let's okay. do that. You've written a lot of books, right? 150 plus books and mm-hmm. all, all since COVID started, which is pretty impressive. And um, what? No, I'm kidding. Um, but um, when you see, I would love to understand your process for how to create and how to tell a story. So there's a lovely guy named Tony Robbins, and he talks okay. about pain points. So you need to get with the fact that when you're done with this journey and you go bye-bye, that there are people that love you and there are people that are inspired by you or there are people that could have been inspired by you and are you leaving this world without downloading your mind and your heart so when my mom passed in 2008 i realized that she was just one more statistic of a person i loved that left the world without storytelling so i committed uh, to god and to everyone i loved secretly that i would publish my first book within 12 months of her passing and it was actually 13 months it was december 9th uh, 2009 and wow. I published this book and it, it is, by the way, I have a rule that anytime I hold a book, I'm not actually selling the book, I'm giving the book away. And the reason I believe that <clears throat> is because if that book inspired someone and the price tag was gonna stop them from being inspired, why not just let it be? So any book I show, uh, you'll have copies of it digitally and anyone that wants to contact me directly can do so as well. So that book is <clears throat> probably the best example of taking action, failing miserably, and then having it readjust how you approach it next time. So I lost well over $20,000 in that project. I mean, it was insane because I was committed to the integrity of of getting it out. But it had, it was just riddled with grammatical errors, Uh, 42 42 (laughs) embarrassing grammatical errors. And ironically, my dad's a speechwriter. My mom was a um, had a master's in reading and English and all kinds of other things, but she had passed with Alzheimer's, and my dad was recovering from her passing. So it wasn't appropriate to ask him, "Hey, I'd like to do my first book. Can you uh, spend some time with me and do that?" So 
I created it and it was really embarrassing. I had people contact me and say, you know, your book has tons of grammaticals in it. And I said, yeah, I've, I've kind of become aware of that. And I said, no, you see, see, you just have to use that as your excuse of, well, that's, that's what gives me the opportunity to do a second printing. <laughs> You got it. Yeah. And actually, that's actually where I'm going because my oh. mentor, my, well, it, it's beautiful that you said that because my mentor said to me, um, don't worry that it has that many errors. And I said, why would I not worry? That's actually embarrassing to my name, my family. And he goes, no, don't worry because no one's going to read it. <laughs> so okay, most people get books and they don't finish them. They don't read them. So right. and I'm as guilty as anyone else. I have two or three thousand books and I may have read half of them, may have. Wow. And I buy a book because if you told me a book changed your life, <clears throat> I'm going to get her on Amazon. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily, I'm taking my action for integrity to an intention to finish it, but right. it may not happen. <clears throat> right. That's so, true. so the, the book did come out. Uh, if you notice, by the way, on the top corner, do you see what it says? Yeah. Um, I, I can't read side. from here, but, uh, almost a hundred percent, a whole, no. uh, almost a hundred copies sold. Almost a hundred copies sold because at that point I knew there was no way I could say it was more than that. <laughs> <laughs> So the second edition said under a million sold, and got that it. was the one that actually got me to be noticed. And that, and we don't know how close we are to making an impact in the world. When we have a major failure like that, it's actually God's way of saying, "What are you going to do with this? Are you going to learn from it? Are you going to be big? Or are you going to fall down and let right. it let it take you out?" So, <clears throat> back to your question about storytelling, I decided that my uh, mission would be to help people like yourself that are leaders with a beautiful heart that are doing beautiful things in the world to tell your story so I can help market you and market your story because I believe the storytelling is the way of inspiring people to yep. follow, take action, uh, create abundance with you. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a big component. I'm a big believer in that. <clears throat> I think that's 100% correct. Look, we, we work with clients all around the world and one of the hardest things that we work with them on is how do you get a brand to tell their story um, um, effectively in a way that people actually care, right? And yes. so it's and it's not so much about telling you and going into the story of, well, once upon a time, we started our business and we were in a garage. Okay, that might be a, a nice part of your story, but that's, that's not what telling a story means, right? right? Telling a story is being able to create opportunities to allow your customers, your clients, your, you know, your partners, whoever it is, to picture themselves within the context of your of your brand within the context of your products or services right within the context of the um, imagery that you create for them right when a, someone else can uh, can feel right and appreciate the situation that you're presenting to them right that's that's how you that's how you bring people in with 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 a, with a story and companies and brands all too um, often make the mistake that, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you all about me and why we're great and why we need to, you know, yeah, the, you should the buy the anti -Simon our business. Anti-Simon yeah. Sinek approach. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, you know, and it's a problem. Look, look, not to say it doesn't work, but, you know, you have plenty of businesses that sell well, that do fine and they're okay. Um, but the really successful brands and companies, the really successful ones are the that ones. That was me texting you. That was me texting you saying, thank good you. job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, the, one, the, the really successful brands and companies are the ones who are able to let their customers and clients feel the, you know, the context with them also. 
And that is um, the gap. And that's the gap of storytelling to non-storytelling. To me, what you just described was people that do it without storytelling versus people that do it with storytelling. That's the gap. Okay. And I, I, I would, I think everything you said technically was on point, like publishable head for your dissertation. Okay. But I would just like to add a, a layman's a layman's way of expressing it in maybe a couple sentences is storytelling is providing hope to the person reading about how you're going to change their abundance, solve their problem, or experience inspiration. I love that. See, people will always remember a good story. Yes. Right? Always. Right? People will not always remember the facts. And if you really want someone to learn something or to internalize something, you have to be able to know how to bring them into a good story. I think the best example of that is I'm in the event world and I see amazing storytellers tell a story and the audience wants to buy. They don't even know what they're buying. They just want right. to. And yeah. the person who may be more knowledgeable than the storyteller and is giving very specific facts on how they can change their life and is uninspirational and not storytelling, the people know exactly what they could buy and have no desire to do so. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's challenging. So let me ask a question. So when you're creating a good story, okay, yes. what component for you, what <clears throat> components make a good story that help people resonate with what you're trying to tell them? Right. And, and, I want you to specifically think about this book that you just talked about that only has pictures in it because picture books also tell stories even without words. Totally. Um, and so, and so I would, I would love to hear what, you know, what pieces you consider, you know, into what a good story needs. Well, that is probably the hardest example to jump to. So I, I, I would like to just go back a little bit before By the, the diagram. Because okay. <laughs> so many people are using words and because they're using words, it's very important to have a relatedness and a transparency with the reader. And you also have yeah. to have a goal of where you're taking the reader on the journey so that they come out with a win and hopefully you being part of that win. That's, I mean, that's the intention. And so there is a conversion of moving from pain point I was there with you. I had to overcome this challenge. And because I believed in myself, I did. And this is what I do in the world that makes a difference. And I'd like to make this difference for you if you are experiencing something close to what I did in my journey. And I think that that story, uh, there's some really beautiful formulas. There's about 11 formulas, if you Google them, are on how to tell a story. And you do need to have that the person reading becomes the hero or that they have the choice to become the hero or that their problem is a problem you have and that you relate to them because you were in it and you were close to quitting. So all these things are part of it, but it's, it's not, it's not gimmicky. Like I'm saying in this formula part, it's that if you don't follow that sequence, you don't have a hit movie. You don't have a hit song. You don't have a hit, whatever. Right. So <clears throat> it's taking the truth and making it appealing so that people buy in and you actually show up as a person that is trustworthy. You mean you, the author? Yes, you, the, the author. You, no, you, the author. Because uh, the, the reader is not part of the story. They're, you're trying to right. have them become part of the story. <clears throat> Got it. Or the future That's story, cool. I should say. Their future story. Yeah. Their future story. Yes. Well, I, I, people can have many different stories, you know? So of course. I think, you know, I think that's, that's fine. You know, that's yeah, and depending on how much time you have, uh, either on stage or in a book or how big you want your book to be. I'll, I'll say a, an interesting fact about storytelling, though, is if you, to your point earlier, if you make it too long, you lose them because there's so many not relevant areas and the person's like, this is 
too painful to even get through. So get to your points and uh, books that are under a hundred pages are typically read uh, and people that buy books over a hundred, it's just, how do I fit it in my schedule even with a pandemic and they don't get read and that's unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> I'd, I'd like to segue that there's so many books that are well done, but they don't have a marketing piece. They don't have a branding piece. They don't have a campaign. And what happens is they become secrets and people, judge themselves on how well a book sells, but they really need to judge themselves on how poorly they market their book. Well, look, we live in a, we live in a world today where there is an influx of content coming out in every which way, mm -hmm. right? Blogs, articles, podcasts, videos, no matter where you look, there are millions and millions of content pieces coming out, right? And so it's always the challenge of how do you, right? So the first question is, well, why do I even bother, right? Like, okay, there's so much happening out there. Um, you know, why should I even uh, contribute to that? No one's going to read my stuff, right? Um, but if you feel that you genuinely have something to say, right, that you genuinely have a piece of value that you're looking to, to share, it's your obligation to share it, right? Now, you have to find the platform that works best for you you and your strengths, right? If you're not good with speaking or making videos, so don't write it. If you're not a good writer, make videos. If you know, and like, you know, and whatever it happens to be, but if you have something that's of unique value that you, you know, that you just need to present, it's your responsibility in order to put it out there because, and then you're right. And then it comes into a marketing piece, but because there are people that need to hear it. Right. And if you just keep it all to yourself, so then, you know, it's a it's a big loss for what that is. Well, it's also a 10,000 hour practice session. Um, <laughs> if, if you have content and no one's listening to it, you have content that needs to be defined, refined. And Correct. and you need to actually have it hit the niche market with Correct. such art and science that after 10,000 hours, people are like, oh, my gosh, this person's brilliant. Right. No, I'm simplifying it a lot. In other words, yes. you're 100% correct, right? That, yes, that it's creating content is not easy. It really isn't. And it, you're right. It takes a very long time for uh, a content creator to get their content actually noticed in a meaningful way, right? Um, but don't misunderstand the importance of value right. either, yes. right? Because you can have a readership of 10 people. But if those 10 people are super inspired by what you have to say, okay, you're, you're not hitting the masses, but you're doing your job. Um, and so, you know, and so obviously everyone wants to speak to the entire world. Everyone wants to be on stage and everyone wants to be famous and popular. I don't think they do. You don't think so? No, not at all. I, I think uh, most people don't. I think it's a, it, there's a lot of fear there. And I think there's a lot of uh, criticism you'd have to take on. I mean, I don't care if you're talking about Trump, Biden, Obama. I don't care who you're talking about. Gandhi, right. okay? If you want to talk to the masses, you will be ridiculed. You'll be hated. Yeah. Because there's going to be people you offend and you can't please everyone. And well, so I, I, my point is simply that I have, I've tested this, Aaron. I mean, it's, it's quite compelling to me. I said to people, I will publish your book for free. And I, I asked maybe 20 people, nothing crazy, but I only had one person take me up on it. And I was able to kind of ascertain that there's a fear to really put yourself out there. Yeah. Well, look, I, I actually I actually had a conversation um, yesterday with someone about um, leadership and this point exactly, right? Is that 
when you're when you're in a leadership position, right? Whether it's your um, you know, uh, personal leadership or, you know, you're, you're in charge of your company or, you know, you're more communal, right? Is that the sign of a good leader is the person who is able to say what needs to be said, even if it's against popular belief, right? Is that if you're, if your goal is to make friends with every single person that you talk to, so then you're not going to be an effective leader because you're going to be too concerned about making nice and for yourself and making sure that someone liked your smile and that, you know, you guys had a good joke together and you're not going to be able to get done what has to happen for that circumstance. Um, and so anyone who is going to take that stage has to be able to say, you know what, I might not make everyone like me right now, but I know that this is important. And so therefore we're going ahead with it. So this is actually um, getting me thinking about that diagram book again. Like I don't have that particular example, but there's a Venn diagram or some type of diagram that shows the circle, I'm sorry, the circle of leadership and the circle of making everyone happy. Gosh, I'm really offering this. (laughs) It's so funny to be doing it. But um, in the center is effectiveness and and uh, impact, right? Whereas the other side, maybe leadership is followership, maybe, and then the other one is pleasing everyone, which is diplomacy. So, well, maybe. Look, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that leadership means followership. Um, I think that there's a whole different, there's a whole variety of aspects of leadership. But I think you know that's a conversation for a whole nother time. What is your definition of, of leadership? Because that's I read um, someone that I do respect. I'm um, I've read a couple of people that said that if you have no followers, you are not a leader. Well, that's because, well, hundred percent. Okay. Because who, who who are you? Who are you leading? No one's following you, <laughs> right? Right. It's true. Um, right. A leader is someone who ha- by definition mission has followers behind them, right? right. Um, but I, I break down leadership into two components. I break down leadership into personal leadership, mm-hmm. right? Which is leadership that only impacts me and myself, right? Right, And communal leadership, which is leadership responsibility that, all, that starts to incorporate other people, okay? So um, personal leadership is like, you know, for me, when I say, okay, I have things that I need to do. I have responsibilities. I have, you know, benchmarks I'm looking to hit. I have, you know, jobs I want to get. I have, you know, uh, I'm going to do the following for myself and then holding yourself to it mm-hmm. to be a better self for you. That's all personal. Okay. That's not necessarily impacting other people because you are the, you are the noun of your own leadership. Right. Right. Um, When you are once you step into the second stage, more of the communal stage and that community could be anything. It could be your family, could be your friends, it could be your workplace, it could be, you know, your physical community. Um, Right. Once you step into that sphere, so then leadership takes on a very different role and responsibility because now it's not about you, but it's about the end result of the circumstance or situation that you're part of and how you get people to work with you and to accomplish that, right? How you build your team, how you inspire, how you engage, how you connect and how you pull up um, matters. It matters. 
and how yeah. re how replaceable you can become. Yeah, well, because once you're in that role, it's not about you anymore, right? It's about the job. It's about the goal. And so you're right. A good leader will know how to step down and still let what needs to happen happen, right? Um, I remember I once, um, when I was getting my master's, I, um, I had a conversation with a CEO of a company, um, of a large non-for-profit, sorry, um, and I asked him, I said, well, what's your sustainability model? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, right now you are your brand, but when you step down, like how is your organization going to keep, you know, going to keep running? And he's like, no, it's, it's not like once I step down, like the organization's done. I was, and, and I was so baffled. I was like, really? Like you're part of, you're doing such great things and you, you know, and you're just going to kill that once you decide that you're not into it anymore. Like mm -hmm. why? Like, I don't understand that. Um, and so when you, so for me, that was like the, uh, the, um, you know, like the peak of this is what you should not do. Right. Because right. that kind of borders the line of egoism, versus responsibility, right? Because if I'm in a leadership role because of pure ego, because for me, it works. For me, it's great. I don't care about you. I only care about me. And not to say that egoism is bad. It just has to be channeled correctly. But if I'm in a role because I only care about me and I don't care about anyone else, I, you're not, I don't think you're an effective leader either. Well, I, I think uh, that's an interesting point because that particular person sounds like they were doing really good things in the world. They had a nonprofit. They were doing great things. I think were. for me, the, the distinction or the line they weren't able to cross is going from purpose to legacy. They, right. they had, they had a purpose, I think in place and they may not have actually had ego. They may have had uh, shortcomings in how to duplicate scale and, and things that business people need to think about when they're thinking about exit plans, they didn't have an exit plan. So they were in a, a journey to finish, and say, God, I hope I did a good enough job serving, but they didn't think about what it is to pass the baton. So you are you are a better person than I am because that is <laughs> that is a great benefit of the doubt. So thank you, thank you for for inspiring well, me. Just told me, me to that refocus. Well, you told me that he, you told me that he inspired you. So I think he was doing some good things. I think. <laughs> um, tell me about this smiling movement of yours. Well, when my mom passed, I had been a DJ, a workaholic, and basically a materialistic person that was rather successful. And um, I say that from a standpoint that I was able to take vacations, I was able to live the quote unquote American dream. But um, in watching my mom deteriorize mentally and lose her, I really had an awakening that life is really not about materialism and uh, and seeing how much money you can not either make or, or to show off or to I guess, satisfy the depressing side of not having a purpose-driven life, I decided to shift completely and only analyze what it would be like to have a purpose-driven life. And what I came up with was in our topic, leadership. Leadership to me, yeah. like your Gandhis and your Mother Teresa's, I know those are very cliche and overused names, but they were the, the epitome of service and leadership to me. And so okay. I, I looked at uh, Gandhi's quotes and his lifestyle and his philosophy of be the change you want to see in the world, which is not the direct quote, but it is the meaning of that quote. Um, right. And my life is my message. And I started looking at what would that look like for me to adopt that? And 
you know, you think that when you have a conversation with God and it's genuine and you're ready to serve, you'd think that God would say, finally, let me tell you the answers. But it was not at all that case. It was seven years later. I met a gentleman named Barry Shore and he handed me this card and this okay. card just changed my life. It was, uh, it's, I've said this before, but it really was this kind of an awakening. You see um, Blues Brothers by any chance? Blues Brothers movie? Sure. Okay. Yeah. When he's in the, the church and the light hits him and he goes, <laughs> I see the light. Well, when I got that card, I honestly did have uh, an enlightening experience that this was going to be my life. It was, wow. I worked for seven years on journeys to find out how to define what it is to amplify a message. And I came up with, this is the message I want to amplify, which is smile, enjoy, accept, love, um, seek happiness. And so everything resonated with me. And I, I met this gentleman very short and I said, Hey, what would it look like for me to take this card and turn it into a movement? He said, tell me what you mean. I said, well, you're not taking pictures of people. You're not publishing books. You're not creating any social media campaign that I can see. And you even admitted with nose that these do not exist. So I said, I'd like to partner with you. And so he was kind enough to send me a hundred thousand cards and I went to work and the work I went to was going to personal development events, go to publishing events, speaker events, leadership events, et cetera. Give these cards to the people that I was resonating with their spirit on some level and saying, Hey, can you hold this card up and inspire the world that there are people that are fighting to make the world better. There are people that are a stand for the world being better. And there are people that are hopeful that the world will be better. And I could not believe it, Aaron, this is, um, Something I've never experienced. You know, when you're in sales, there's something called percentages, percentages of conversion. This is 100% conversion. 100% of the people I asked, and now we have a, well over 10,000 people that have held this card up and just gotten with the fact that this card is something that they embody from a level of, I want to cause positivity in the world. And that's really all it means. And we've had the likes of John Travolta, Quincy Jones, uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, William Paul Young, uh, just, uh, Frank Shankwitz, who uh, created Make-A-Wish Foundation. All these people happily not only held the card, but they got what the card stood for, which is leave the world better than it was before you were born. I love that. I love that so much. I think that's so powerful and so great. And it's a message that people should hear especially now, like during a time of uncertainty. And I hate talking about COVID. I really do. But <laughs> in, uh, oh my God, it's so overplayed. COVID but, was a uh, COVID was a <laughs> By the way, it was. It, it really was in a lot of ways. And it's all about, you know, like everything, it's all about <laughs> attitude. It's all about approach. It's all about responsiveness to, okay, so this is what happened. That's fine. I could either dwell in the misery of it, or I could figure out how to, you know, utilize this to push myself and get myself to the next stage of what, you know, what's important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I, I, I love that so much. I think that's such, that's such an important message that we all need to hear again and again and again. So that's great. I, I think a lot of people before COVID thought they may understand life. They may right. have, they may have the rules that you're supposed to do to play. And when they had right. this carpet just removed from them, they had the jolt I had with my mom passing. And yeah. I looked at this period, I would almost call the COVID instead, I would call it synonymously the Renaissance. Cool. I think this is a period of not just shift and pivot. I think it's a, uh, this is the ultimate period of creation because people have their time to actually download either their misery or their inspiration and both actually serve the, the depression or the misery I think is therapeutic. 
Yeah. Look, don't confuse. I, I, I believe that um, emotions are healthy and they're okay. And sometimes it's okay to feel sad and sometimes it's okay to feel depressed, uh, but it's, but also know how to balance that mm-hmm. with feeling happy, right? There's no light if there's no darkness. You know what I mean? If everything yeah. is, is always, you know, happy, then there's no sad, right? And if there's, you know, and you, you know, it's like there's a balance that has to happen. And so, um, you know, I believe that um, um, emotions are are super important and they're healthy and and experience them, right? Be angry, be upset, be sad, be joyous, be, you know, and that's fine. But also know about how to um, how to channel it in a way that actually becomes productive and constructive as opposed to destructive, because the problem becomes, the challenge really is, is when people, um, is when people get lost in the, in the down cycle, right? Because it's very easy to keep spiraling in that mm-hmm. regard. And that's when you need a friendly reminder, a friend, a book, a podcast, a card that just says, keep smiling, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens to be, you, ha- you know, you people need that that jolt back. Right. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we started, you know, also like why why I started this this podcast was to be able to connect with people and share and to keep creating opportunities to learn and grow and, and inspire from one another into, you know, the next stages of whatever that next stage might be. You know, yes. And I, I call that uh, that balance opportunity. Um, a shift opportunity, because now that you've visited your anger or your sadness, how long do you want to dwell there? And how long do you want to have that conversation with the universe for the universe to propel that experience so that you get that it's real? And right. so of the of the 140 Keep Smiling books, a lot of them have that word there after it. it. And, and some say hope happens. This one right here is one that I want you in, Aaron. Okay. So this is these are... These are all positive podcasters. Love it. Okay. And I want you in this book. And the reason I want you in this book. Oh, there's, there's Barry Shore. That's Barry, the guy who handed me the card. Wow. So I want you in this book because if everyone in this book says, Hey, I'm in the positive podcaster book and they send it out, let's say to a hundred, maybe even 10,000 people think about the, the ships going up at this point. They're all going up because everyone's promoting each other for the positivity. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Dr. Dr. Smiley, AKA Dr. Ken. I'm so excited that, uh, that you, we got a chance to chat here. It was really wonderful and, um, enlightening to get to share conversation and learn from you. And I really appreciate you coming to talk with us here on, um, 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 executive talk. If someone is looking to find you, how do they find you? Where, where can they. Now this is on the first break. We have two more hours to go, right? I just want to <laughs> this, we're at this commercial break here and then we're going to keep going in a little bit. Well, I, I do want to show this card off because we have, we have keep smiling in 30 languages. And I love that for all of our local Israeli um, listeners, this is a, uh, you know, that's a, uh, and they're free. To have. And they're free. free. Oh, yeah, you, you know can... what? To, to good Israelis. That's like, that's the magic word. It's free. <laughs> take me in. Let's go. I'll take 20. Let's go. Come on. Well, the, the thing about a movement and the thing about um, doing these books is if you don't want to have an impedance of greatness to come into your movement, Make it accessible, and I, I call it the ice. I call it the ice cream approach. You know Baskin Robbins, right? Sure. Okay. If you if you see a weird flavor or a weird looking ice cream, what do they do? They look and they see that you're perplexed, and they say, "Here, try it." And 
that is really the point of life is if you want people to buy in, don't have them have to buy initially, let them sample. You know, that's a good, that's a good mentality. I love that. I don't know how that works so well in the business world. I mean, I know how it works in the business world, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, I, I believe that value comes if someone appreciates the value, then even giving them that free taster, so to speak, you're really buying a lifelong uh, customer, right? You're not giving away free samples before the end of it. Um, but you know, it's, back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's something I'll come up with after the show, like um, uh, free samples are like the the drug of, of abundance or something like that. There's there's something there that if you give a sample and people like, oh my gosh, I mean, I bought an Apple computer or some Apple product way, way back in the day. And I did have to buy it, but they, they probably did something that allowed me to have some type of experience that said, this is worth, you know, making right. the jump. But uh, back to your question of how do you reach yeah. me? Um, you can reach me with uh, going to the keepsmilingmovement.com. The keepsmilingmovement.com is probably the easiest way. Or on Facebook, uh, you can locate me as my name, Ken Roshan. And uh, for you crazies that want to actually text me, I do give out my number to leaders. Leaders who want to make a difference in the world. And that would be 202-701-0911. So thank awesome. you, Aaron. This has been a wonderful conversation. I am so glad. Thank you for coming on Executive Talk. Have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your week. And I'm sure as you hear a lot, just keep smiling and just, you know, sharing, sharing, you know, keep sharing that good, that good smile where, where, wherever you go. And That's you never awesome. get tired of it. That's right. You too, <laughs> awesome. sir. Thanks. Okay. How was that? I loved it. Oh, You're, you're good like that. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's important to have like a comfortable rapport back and forth, you know, like course, it just makes things, you know, run run smoothly. So I have a question for you that is uh, is vital to my my invitation to be in this book. Do you have a professional photographer that could take a raw photo of you holding a blank, just a blank white card? I do. So if you do, um, this book is coming out in uh, in about twenty days. All I need is the okay. raw shot and it's very easy to spin this book and I'll get you the ebook. Um, I think because we were communicating back and forth in my title block has all the links to all the, the books I showed today. Yeah. And you could uh, be in probably at least two books. One is a 2,500 page book of just all the people I've, I've met. And in this case, um, <laughs> virtually met that I would like wow. to show off to the world. But, and um, with your last name, Glazer, right? That's the way you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, you'll probably be around eight page 800, believe it or not. It's an alphabetical order by last name. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the other book, this is really cool because you're doing a wonderful job and there's no, but to it, but, and I can get you to more people. I can get you more followers if we can get you in the book. I would love that. Look, just, you know, look, just for putting that, that side, you know, that side of it to the side for now, like just the idea of being able to share positivity is something I'm a big believer in and anything that I can do to help, you know, people feel good and just do what, you know, like feel good about themselves and whatever I'm in, you don't have to, you don't have to sell me. I'm good. Awesome. I can tell, I can tell. <laughs> and uh, because you're a storyteller, uh, I mean, you have a desire and a, a interest in it. Have you written a book? 
So I thought about it a few times. I have things that I would like to talk about. I've written um, um, articles and stories. Um, I'll actually share with you one or two that you might find interesting. They're, they're deep understandings of who I am today, right? Because the person that I am today is a constant uh, work, right? It's, um, it's something that progress. I chose. It's a work in progress. And it's honestly, it's something that I chose. Like, I'll tell you the full story a different time, but it, I chose it when I was in um, high school and I decided that, you know, I, it's time for a new path and I've been fighting to keep that path um, ever since. So, um, you know, I, I haven't written a book. I keep playing with the idea. I'm not hundred percent sure what I'd want to say. But well, this particular um, book is like a Ted talk in that it's templated yeah. and the template um, asks really about three main questions. And then the other ones are very small questions, like trivia questions. But the main question is, um, tell how you created who you are and that's your journey. Oh, I love that. And okay. then tell why you are, i.e. how'd you create your purpose? And then tell how you are, as in how do you create abundance, solve problems, and inspire hope? And the five subset of trivia questions are what book changed your life? What song inspires you? What movie inspires you? Who's your hero? And what quote do you live by? It's really quick. But I love that. It takes about two to four hours to do. And uh, we do as a movement uh, that is fortunately uh, sponsored by people with abundance are able to make a book like this for you where your name is either here with the podcast or you pick your own, like this one's called the doctor doctor series. Okay. Uh, and so there's 140, not different themes, but pretty close to about probably 60 different themes. So you could say um, whatever, and, and we'll make a book, but that book, is seated with the people that you want in there. So there's a hundred people it. that you pick. And if you want to do this, it's not, it, it's something that will, I think, change your life on some level, but it's something I can market you. And I find that when I want to introduce you to somebody, I share your book and they read it and it takes 15 minutes to read because it's only one chapter. They, they typically have a different way of approaching you to have a long-term type of benefit with you. So I will take you up on that. Super, uh, you know, you should always be careful about what you offer people because, you know, someone will always, uh, will always take you up on it. So if you, you know, <laughs> okay. I, on a mission, I, I assure you that the invitation is because you, you inspired me and I know you have the right intention for the world. So I'd love to, I'd love to help you with that. So awesome. it's a, I really it's a deal. So, so when I, when I an email with whatever, it'll be a, it's called a welcome template. It's I'll eight say. pages, but it's only two pages of fill out. The rest of the pages kind of explain the process. All right. Well, it was a pleasure. I hope you have a wonderful day. Send me an email and I'll be happy to go through it. And are you, um, yeah, I appreciate it also. And, uh, are you, are you traveling like next year? Well, I haven't traveled during, during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not sure when I'm going to be traveling next because I, the whole, it, it's it's not appealing to me right now. So, you know I, I, I wouldn't mean? imagine. So yeah, I've only done three trips myself. I mean, I, I did I did a hundred trips a well fifty plane trips a year, and then another fifty car trips a year, roughly a hundred. Wow. Um, but right now it's it's dramatically less, and so is so is the abundance factor because I when I'm in front of audiences, I do way better. But um, yeah, given that there's no COVID next year, let's call it July. Are you intending yeah. to come to the States and New Jersey is very, very close to me? It's very, very possibly. Okay, very great. possibly. Like love I'll know, I, I'll know as we get, but I would love to be able to connect in person. Um, yes. So that would be for sure. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for the wonderful conversation, the start of a new friendship, and hopefully even um, the possibility of helping you with your legacy. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Have an awesome day, Ken. It was so fun talking with you. Thank you. Likewise.